So last week we were talking about beautiful music. Let's continue that with part two. We were talking about Niccolo uh, uh, Paganini, who was a violinist and was a master at it. And this week we are talking about uh, part two. And uh, let's just call some more witnesses, if you will. Let's call Joseph up, you know, and uh, let's have him testify. And you look at Genesis 50 and 20. And Joseph, uh, Jacob's son, his favorite son, because he came from his favorite wife, uh, Rachel. And Joseph uh, was just an absolute good witness who was down to one string. His own brothers uh, wanted to kill him. Joseph was having dreams, dreams of him being uh, over his brothers. And <laughs> the mistake he made was telling his brothers about this dream. And of course, he was favored by the father and he was given certain items such as his coat of many colors. And the brothers just got so tired of all this stuff. And I don't know how long it went on, but uh, he, he was at least uh, a young teenager. And so one day when they were out uh, herding the sheep, uh, the brothers decided, you know what? Let's kill him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ten brothers, because his younger brother, uh, Benjamin, was not involved with this scheme. But ten brothers actually said, let's, let's kill him. So when they get out there to kill him, one of the brothers, I believe it was Judas, spoke up and said, you know what? This is not a good idea. I don't think we ought to do this. Let's instead put him in a hole. And, uh, and as they were discussing that, and you can go back and read uh, Genesis 48, 49, uh, and, and even beyond that, uh, or, and before that, and the uh, Egyptians were coming along, and they said, I'll tell you what, why don't we just do this? Like, let's make some money off of it. Let's sell him to the Egyptians. And that they did. They actually sold their own brother to the Egyptians. And then they left off. And then they decided, hey, now what are we going to tell Dad? Why don't we kill an animal, kill one of the sheep or one of the goats, and put some blood on the on the jacket, and tear it up a little bit and take it back to dad, Jacob, and tell him, hey, we sorry, but uh, Joseph was killed. And and this just ripped the father to pieces because they knew that this was his favorite son. But this is what his own brothers did. Boy, when you got kinfolk like that, <laughs> you don't need no enemies, I'll tell you that. One string. And so he sold to the Egyptians. Now, he is taken to a man called Potiphar's house. Potiphar uh, runs the jails. He's a big official in Egypt. And he has this beautiful uh, young wife. And immediately upon seeing Joseph, she's like, hmm, nice. I'm, 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 I think I might have some of that. This is the man's wife. Joseph pays no attention to this, but he's not stupid. He can see it. He, he avoids her. He stays away from her. And Joseph does so well in working for Potiphar, Potiphar puts him in charge of the whole household. Can you believe that? Yes. And Joseph just loving the Lord and he's praying and he's doing his thing and making sure Potiphar's house is well taken care of. Potiphar goes off to work every day. And one day the wife comes up to Joseph and she says, hey, big boy, how you doing? <laughs> And Joseph like, okay, I'm not sure about that reference, but how you doing, Miss Potiphar, whatever her name was. And uh, she says, listen, you and I need to get together. He like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And she like, no, you don't understand. You and I are going to get together. 
And every day she pressed him and pressed him and pressed him. And to finally one day she corners him and said, listen, this is going to happen. You and I are going to be intimate. And Joseph like, no, we're not. I'm in charge of this household. And that does not mean to take advantage of the master's wife. Oh, you're not taking advantage of me? I'm giving myself to you. And Joseph like, no, no, it doesn't work like that because that's against God's law and it's certainly against marriage. I can't do that. And she reached out to grab him. Joseph then wiggled out of his coat and ran for his life and for his morals. And she then, okay, that's how we're going to do this. So as soon as the husband gets back home, she brings up this story about how Joseph tried to attack me. And listen, I got his jacket from when he ran from me. Now, the husband knew better than this. He wasn't stupid. He, 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 first of all, he knew what she was about. But because it was back in that day when, you know, you got to stand up for your wife and, you know, make it seem like you're standing up for your name, he actually had Joseph arrested. Yeah, he sure did. Had him arrested, even though he knew it was a lie. Had him arrested and put in prison. And Joseph goes to prison for nothing. He didn't do this thing. And when he's in jail, again, the Lord is with Joseph. He's on one string. One string. We're playing beautiful music here, folks. And he is on one string, and he goes to the jail, and he starts doing a good job in the jail. And people begin to trust him in the jail. And so he then starts leading the jail. And he becomes in charge in the jail, like the, 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 the trustee in charge. And one day, a butler and a baker is sent down to him from the king. And they say, hey, you know what? This is what's happening. Can you help us? And Joseph said, well, you know what? Uh, tell me what's going on. And they said, well, this is what's happening. And he says, well, I had this dream. And one of you is going to be killed. And one of you is going to be saved. And so forth and so on. And I'm not, I don't have the time to go into the details of it. You can go back and read it in Genesis for yourself. And sure enough, just as he said, they went back up. One of them was killed. One of them was saved. And he said, but listen, for the one of you who's going to be saved, just remember me and let the king know what I've done. And of course, that dude gets back up there and forgets about him altogether. Until one day the king had another dream, or the king had a dream, and now the one who was saved, hey, you know what? A couple of years ago, I was saved from the prison, and there's a dude down there who, this dude can interpret dreams. And so you should call on him. And so the king had this dream about seven lean cows and seven fat cows. And so he said, you know what? Nobody can interpret this dream, so let me call on him. So he calls up Joseph, and Joseph says, yeah, yeah, I, I can interpret that dream. The seven lean cows is the whole world, uh, and the world wasn't that large at that time, is going to be out of food. And that's what the seven lean cows are about. And the seven fat cows are that uh, at some point in time, Egypt will be the one to feed the rest of the world. And the king says, you know what? With that, I'm taking you out of the jail and you're going to become second in charge in Egypt. In other words, you're going you're gonna to be my, my, my man in charge. And he gave him a name, uh, you know, a secretary of agriculture or whatever. And you second in charge under me. And, uh, and he says, work, make this plan work. 
And so Joseph began to store up grain and store up grain and store up grain. And next thing you know, he had enough grain to feed the whole world. And other nations were coming to Egypt to be able to get food to eat because just as he predicted, the whole world went bankrupt. The whole world was in poverty and they all had to come to Egypt. Well, yes, this is what happened, including Israel, including his own family. And they got their camels and their uh, beast and whatever, beast of burdens, and they trotted on to Israel, not knowing that their own brother is in charge. And they get there, and Joseph sees them, and oh, my God, my own brothers. Can you believe this? His own brothers. And to speed this thing up, because we got other witnesses to call, uh, when Joseph sees his brothers, he said, listen, is there anybody else in Israel that you, you come in from? He said, well, yeah, our father's there. He said, what about any other brothers? Oh, yeah, we got a brother named Benjamin. He's there also. He said, well, i tell you what. Uh, I don't want you to pay for this food I'm going to give you. Why don't you just go back? And when you come again, I want you to bring your brother. What's his name? And they said, Benjamin, as if he didn't know. He said, well, okay, and you say your father's there. Yeah, he said, okay, well, you bring your brother back when you come. So he sent him back, and when they came back, and you have to read the details on how he arranged it all, putting money back in their sacks and all that stuff. And when they brought the brother, uh, it gets to the point where eventually he knows he has, and it's a beautiful story. You have to go back and read it for yourself. Again, I don't have time to go into it. But he eventually gets them into a room, puts out all the servants, and he says, so now, wait a minute. I'm going to have to keep Benjamin here. And they say, oh, no, you can't do that. Our father, Jacob, already lost our one brother, uh, Joseph. And if we if we don't bring back Benjamin, he, he would die. And he said, well, I'm sorry. but uh, And they go into this, this big, long thing. And finally, Joseph says, you know what? Take a good, he takes off some of his Egyptian garb. And he says, take a good look at me. And they still didn't recognize him. And then he says, I'm Joseph, your brother, and they near about died. <laughs> I can give you some street terms, uh, but, you know, it, it, it messing up their pants and all that kind of stuff. But they, they near about died. And like, oh, my God, after what we did to him, we're as good as dead. And this is what he said to him. He said, you, you ain't got to worry about that. I know what you're thinking. No harm will come to you. He said, and this is what he said in Joseph in uh, Genesis 50 and 20. What you meant for bad. God meant for good in order to bring about to this day and to save many people alive. One string, one string, and look at the beautiful music that was played. And, and, and then, of course, now we got we got to call other witnesses, so we got to move right along. We might fool around being to a part three here. Uh, come on, David. Come on, testify. And, and, you know, my God, here's a shepherd boy, several brothers also. And uh, you go back to 1 Samuel, uh, I believe it's uh, 16, uh, where some of this starts at. And first of all, David is, uh, after Saul messes up so badly, you know, of course, David killed, uh, you know, uh, well, let's, before he kills Goliath, you know, he was a shepherd boy and he killed a lion and a bear. Samuel anoints him uh, as king, but he's not appointed as king. So 16 years have to pass. In the meantime, David kills Goliath, and you, you know that story. You go back, read it if you want to. 
And, and then Saul, then after David kills Goliath, people are, are chanting David's name and they're saying that, you know, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed ten thousands. And it just makes Saul's uh, jealousy and, and envy rise to the ceiling. And so he tries on numerous occasions to kill David and David escapes every time with the help of Jonathan, Jonathan, who is Saul's son. And Saul tells Jonathan, do you realize that you're supposed to be king next, but you're being friends with this guy. You, you, you're messing up what I, what I'm trying to plan for you. And they, and Jonathan said, "Listen, Dad, that's not how it's gonna be. We gotta obey God. We gotta trust God." And he's like, "No, you're gonna trust me." He's telling his own son this about God. But of course, Jonathan and David are such good friends. He tells him every time, you know, watch your back and watch your front, because my dad is trying to murder you. Even one time, sitting at the table, Saul throws a javelin right at at the at the table. And, and so this 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 is one string, one string. You've gone from four to one. And then it gets bad. Finally, uh, Saul is, is, is killed. And unfortunately, Jonathan is also killed. And, uh, uh, and, 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 and in the meantime, prior, just prior to that, uh, David has uh, gotten a, a, an army together of his own. And he's moved out of Israel because Saul is trying to kill him. And he goes to a place called Ziglag. And uh, he has maybe 600 men following him. And he's living there. <laughs> this is strange. This is the same country where he had Goliath from this place. But he, he goes and moves in at the, the border of this country and is allowed to stay there. One day while he and his men are out raiding some other places, some folks come and they burn down his, his place and they take all the women and all the children. So when the men get back, the men start blaming David and they say, listen, we ought to stone you for this. We ought to kill you for this because now our wives and our children. There was nobody to stand with David and say, hey, man, we behind you. And the Bible says, and you may have heard one of these other messages before, that David had to encourage himself in the Lord. And again, you can just Google that. You go back, look up the scriptures for it. I don't have time to go into the details of it because we're playing beautiful music here. And we've got a lot of details to go into and a lot of witnesses to call. And so eventually God encouraged David and told him, don't worry about it. Follow this trail. Go back. Get your women and your children. And get, in fact, get all the booty that they stole and, and everything will be all right. And that's what David did. Eventually David becomes king. And uh, while he is king, and I'm going real fast with this because David has... All, practically all of 1 Samuel, all of 2 Samuel, 1 Chronicles, 2 it's just loaded with David. You go back and read it for yourself. Uh, but David becomes king, an outstanding fighter, you know, outstanding king, loved his people. In fact, he was the king of what they called the golden age. These were the best years for Israel, so the golden age. And uh, one day David decides, y'all go ahead I'm going to stay at the palace and I'm going to rest up. Well, instead of resting, he looks across the palace and sees a woman bathing. <laughs> now, her name was Bath Sheba. She was bathing. I don't know if that's any re relationship there, but nevertheless, a woman named Bathsheba was bathing and she was beautiful. Oh, she was fine. And David looked at her and said, mm, 
I got to have that. I don't know why he did that. Maybe it's just typical man, typical testosterone. I don't know. But he said, go get her. And the, the servants are like, you know, she's married to one of your servants who's fighting in your army. Go get her. No one will hear all that. Go get her. Brings the woman over. And as the Bible says, he goes in unto her in a biblical sense. Go figure. You, you, you. I'm not going to spell all this out for you. Go back and read for yourself. And then the Bible says, in biblical sense, she was with child. And again, I can't spell all this out for you. But I will say this. She got pregnant. Okay? And when she when she came to, to David and said, listen, I'm with child, he like, what? He knew. Oh, this don't look good. Here, the boy, uh, the, the husband, was over in the service for several months, and suddenly she's with child. I imagine she was probably, you know, a month or two, uh, as the old folks say, she had broke her leg. She had, she had missed her, her missed her period, and so she knew she was pregnant. And she goes to tell David, obviously, you're the only man I've been with because my husband's away. And he's like, oh, we got to fix this. So he arranges for the husband to be brought back. And he figures when a man's brought back, first thing he's going to do is go and sleep with his wife. Well... Uriah was his name. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't go in to his wife. And David like, wait a minute. I brought you here to be with your wife. He said, King, the men are out fighting. I don't have a right to go in and be with my wife. He said, listen, I'm, I'm, you stand here another day, uh, another couple of days. You need to go in unto your wife. He said, King, you can leave me here if you want for a month. I'm not going into it. The king said, okay, that's how we're going to do this. He said, okay, I'll send you back. You want to go back? I'll send you back. He sends him back. And then he tells the general of his army, put Uriah. Yeah, this is bad. This is getting ready to go south. <laughs> you talking about one string. Oh, my God. This does not sound like beautiful music, but eventually it does become beautiful music. He, sends, he said, put him in the forefront of the battle where he's sure to be killed. And what he was trying to do was nobody will ever know except me that he didn't go in unto his wife. Wow. Really, David? You didn't already slept with the man's wife. And now you're going to have him killed. You're basically committing murder here. Yep, that's what David did. And Uriah was killed. Wow. And God hated it so bad, he sent a prophet named Nathan. He said, go and talk with him and let him know I'm really displeased with what he has done. And Nathan came to David and said, David, can I talk? Of course, come on in, come on in. And Nathan said, listen, I got to tell you a story. Come on, tell me a story. You're the prophet of God. Tell me a story. He said, well, there was this man who had a whole flock of sheep. And next door, there was one man who had only one ewe lamb. Now, instead of the man who had a flock of sheep having a barbecue and killing one of his own sheep, he decides to take the man's one ewe lamb and have a barbecue. What do you think about a man like that? And they say, you know what? Take that man and kill him. He deserves to be killed. That is so wrong. Man got a flock of sheep and go. He said, David, that man is you. And David said, oh, you talking about Bathsheba. Yep. God's going to deal with it. He's not going to kill you. But there's going to be hell to pay. In your family? Oh, you're going down. Your family's going down. You're going to keep the throne. But y'all going, you going to pay for this. And and to speed this thing up, because we have other witnesses to call, and I can see right now, we're going to end up going into a, a part three. But listen to this. David's had, I don't know how many wives. 
and of course, so their stepbrothers and stepsisters, and all beautiful kids. Well, one of the brothers was in love with his sister. His name was Amnon. And he loved his sister Tamar. And he wanted her badly. I guess he had a whole lot of David's blood in him. And she said, man, you can't do this. You're my brother. Stop talking like that. And so one day he decided to fool her, had her come to his chambers and said, well, I'll tell you what then, cook me a meal. And she said, well, I can do that. And when she was in there cooking a meal, he raped her. Yeah, Amnon, the brother, raped his sister Tamar. Yeah. Well, she had a brother who had the same mother. Of course, David is the father. And his name was Absalom when he found out from her countenance, what's wrong with you? She said, Amnon raped me. He like, what? So he goes and kills his stepbrother Amnon. Yeah, David, this is the payback. This is the payback for what you did. It's, it's happening. It's, it's going down. Uh-huh. And so now, instead of David dealing with Absalom, he doesn't do anything. And the kingdom are like, what's going on? You can't just let him kill his brother and you don't do anything. And then it gets so bad, Absalom then decides he's going to get rid of David. And to start it off, he sleeps with one of David's wives. Oh, back in that day, you you don't do that today. But you don't, he did that back in that day. And, and, then, and then he tried to take over the throne and David had to run for his life from his own son. One string, one string. And yet God knew David's heart. And it's a long story. You have to go back and read it for yourself. And God has the nerve to say this. David is a man after my own heart. Wow, really, Lord? Yeah, I know his heart. You know, he did wrong and I'm dealing with him for that. But as far as his heart, David is a man after my own heart. Beautiful music. And I wish I could uh, go on with the other witnesses, but it looks like it's going to be a part three because I can only do so much at this time. And so we have to end here on beautiful music. God bless you. Weekly Encouragements by Namware.